Welcome to Let's Talk Knicks, the podcast where we talk New York Knicks basketball and other news around the NBA. I am Jason Talbot, and with me, of course, is the one and only Marcus Chin Queen. Marcus, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. Not doing great. Just you know, okay. Just okay. You know, it's. Is it, yesterday is it the was Knicks, a tough one. The Knicks got you down? I mean, I had to watch the game yesterday, the back to back game, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, yeah, that, fed, fed loss yesterday. It was just oh, all Fetter, you're still watching tennis. Is it, what is it, the ATP is going on? The ATP finals, yeah. Okay. Who do you lose to? Kane Shikori. Oh, I, uh... First time he's beaten him, I think he lost six in a row. Wow. Pretty, it, you pretty much had to say Andre Agassi or Pete Sampras, uh, for me to know who, uh, Fed lost to. Oh, I know Djokovic and Nadal, but, uh, this is Let's Talk Nick, so, you know, let's, let's Talk Tennis comes on after this. Uh, we'll be releasing that next week. So, anyway, okay, it's, uh, the season is underway, and we're getting a little... Getting a little taste of reality here with the New York Knicks. Uh, they are 4-10, and ten, and they are coming off a god-awful loss. The boos were raining down in Madison Square Garden uh, after this one, where they got crushed by the Orlando Magic. I mean, you know it's bad when the We Want Baker chants started oh. up, and I just wanted to vomit all over my carpet. Is there anything worse? I mean, I, oh God, it's just... It's getting pretty ugly out there. As I said, they're four and ten. Gonna ask the question. It might be a little early, but is the Knicks season over? Is it is it over? I I I think what you said is right that we're getting a glimpse of reality here. That they are not going to be a good team. And I think I mean we're okay with it. We expected it, but it's the crazy thing is though, they're still not the worst team in the East. No, they are not. They are Which is three a worst crazy. records. Yeah, they're the Washington Wizards currently at three and nine. You got the Hawks at three and ten, and the Cleveland Cavaliers at one and eleven. LeBron, if they they miss you in Cleveland, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing: the Knicks right now are only two and a half games out of the eight spot in the East. The Brooklyn Nets sit at six and seven at the eight spot. So. I think the Knicks season, it's over in the sense that I don't think they're making the playoffs. Um, I, I, I kind of like that we're losing because I want to get a dra- better draft pick. I think the Knicks are rebuilding. We talked about this last episode. But it all comes back to KP again if he comes back. But I also have to agree with something you touched on last episode too. Of it's going to take KP... A little bit to get back. It's not like he's going to come back, be giving you 35 minutes, and all of a sudden this Knicks team's going to win. But as bad as these they've been, being four and ten in only two and a half games out of eight, the eighth seed. I mean, can we say it's over? Is it? Can you give a definitive yes? I st- the Knicks no, season is over. I can't give a definitive yes. It's still it's still early. I mean, 14 games into the season, we got 60 something more to go. You never know. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. You, I yeah, mean, there's sports. You never know what can happen. Yeah. Uh, 
there there's still a lot of games, but it, it's just the the young uh, the, the young group of guys on this team. You're starting to see it more that the growing pains are happening. You know, it was all fun. Oh, we get to see Mitchell Robinson in the starting spot. And he had nine blocks against Orlando, which is really nice to see. But at the That's same nice. time. You know? It's like you're getting minutes, you're not getting W's, you're not even close. Um, and I think a lot of it is they have to just learn how to win. Like a young team doesn't know that. Like they, they're they in these games for three quarters and then it just falls apart because they just panic and they don't know how to close out a game. And that's where eventually getting some vets in there is going to help. But they kind of have to go through it, you know, because eventually they're going to have to be the closers. Somebody else is going to have to step up and do it. And I see probably Isozo being the guy who I trust the most to do it. But, you know, they're still going to make mistakes. They're all going to make mistakes. That's yeah, that's the growing pains. You, <laughs> you can see the Knicks are really struggling uh, to really rally around a guy. And I think Timmy was trying to be that guy in the beginning. And... Um, it's just, it's not going to cut it. And I'm not, I'm not going to talk bad about Timmy, uh, on this episode because not, not, not this week. <laughs> he's, you know what, he's doing the best he can. And, um, I still think he's utter trash on defense, but he's doing all he can and he, it's too much, you know, again, I would have loved to have, uh, you know, seen KP healthy and to see these young guys around him, but maybe he'll come back at a few games in, we'll start to see some more flashes toward the end of the season and uh, you know, I look forward to the uh, to the years to come, the KP era of the New York Knicks. You know, this this is no longer Melo's team. This is KP's team. And speaking of Carmelo Anthony, see what I did there. I see what, what you I did wanted there. to talk about Melo. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to call myself out on it because I think it was a little more obvious uh, <laughs> than maybe I'm leading on. But this is going to be my next question for you, Marcus. Is Melo's career over? That I could give a definitive yes, that Melo's done, and it's 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 sad to see what he's become. I still got I still got my Melo jersey, you know. He we got him near, I guess, in the middle of his prime, but then also the tail end of it, and we let him go at the right time, and it's just it sucks to see that. Uh, He's playing so badly, and it's like you don't. I think it's a it's a combination of his skill set dying off, and also his pride in not accepting another role. And he just yeah, he doesn't want to come off the bench. Even if you come off the bench, he's saying, "Oh, it's an adjustment period, and I got to figure this out and that out." It's like at the end of the day, you still got to be able to play basketball. You know, it doesn't matter who you're going against. If he's as good as he thinks he is. Then he should embrace coming off the bench and be able to drop 20 points when he wants to. But he can't. And you've been saying it for a couple years now that he just doesn't look like he used to. And that it happened so fast was the thing. Let's, let, let's just be real here. Mel's career ended in New York. That was it. The NBA has changed. Melo, I want to thank you for all you've done for the organization. We, ha- we had a, a couple... Uh, we had some good years. We had a and, good run. And it, there were some close times, but this NBA is not for you anymore. The last year in New York, it was a disaster. That was the real test of can we put this team on your back. And, and it was asking too much. I, I don't think he had enough pieces. But then he goes to OKC. And it's the – it's as you're saying, like 
he can't figure out his role on a team other than being the guy. But at the end of the day, he's just not the guy anymore because even coming off the bench, he's not scoring that much. He His shot's not looking good. He can't play defense. He never could play defense. He can kind of get by. But now he's com- his style of play does not work for him as he gets older. So everyone thought, oh, okay, C wasn't the right fit because of Westbrook and Georgia. No, it's just not right. Okay, we're going to try this in Houston. And I said it before we went to Houston. This didn't make any sense to me at all. Houston is all about up and down the floor, taking quick shots, playing great defense. Melo does none of those things. <laughs> Absolutely and- none of them. It, it just it blows my mind that they thought this would work. And now I'm hearing, oh, Philly might be interested in him. Uh, Boston, oh, we'd love to have a vet. The guy is a liability. He doesn't score the ball like he used to. He stops your offense. He can't run. He can't play defense. He can never even make layups. I mean, you don't want to get every time he went to the basket trying to make a layup. You're like, oh, God, he would get He's five offensive rebounds before yeah, he gets up on there. one play. <laughs> Half of his rebounds were all off of two plays of him just missing layups and then grabbing them again. So, and so – this and now with the report coming out that Houston saying his days are numbered with the team, whether or not we know if that's true, but is it a really surprise to anybody that Mike D'Antoni doesn't want him on the team? It's like he didn't want him in New York, and then I'm sure it wasn't his decision to bring him to Houston, and now he's apparently on his way out. So I guess Mike D'Antoni, I think, has the upper hand here. Like he came from having the best record in the league last year doing what he does and you get rid of two of your better defending defenders for Melo does not do much for your team you bring in a guy who doesn't play defense to replace two guys that do and are good just catch and shoot guys like they don't really do much else they stand in the corner and shoot threes which is what today's NBA is and yeah. Melo can't do that it's and... not his game it's not it's not what he does he has to get in a rhythm he has to have the ball. And and I don't blame all of Houston's struggles on Melo. That, that's just not fair. I think, you know, Chris Paul was hurt. Uh, Harden, I think, missed some games. And it, it just, you know, Houston's still figuring out some new things. As you said, they're missing some of their defensive players. So it's not fair to blame all of this on Melo. And yeah, but to I'm say that Melo was going to help this team to the next level is a joke. Melo is not Melo anymore. It's 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 over. It's just, you got to let go. You know, Melo, call it quits. Get yourself a broadcasting job. Sit next to Chauncey. Just it's, it's just say goodbye to it, man. It, it, coaching job? I don't know. And, you know, and, and again, I, I have uh, a pair of Melo's um, back when he was on New York. Uh, I appreciate everything he did, but it's over, man. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, you've been in the league a long time. You've given a lot of, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, thank you, but... Bye-bye. It's, it's time to go. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Um, yeah, so a lot of things happening in the NBA. Um, you know, we talked a little about the Knicks, talking about Melo. Um, now that we've gotten to see... Um, a decent sample size of games. I'd still like to see a little bit more um, to really shake out what teams. I think we could still make some predictions about what we think. I don't think things are 
you know, set in stone. Uh, for instance, like, you know, as I said before, the Brooklyn Nets are the eighth seed in the East. Um, but when it comes to the East, and on our first episode, we both stated that the Boston Celtics were easily the favorites to win the East. So the question is, are the Celtics still the best team in the East? I would I would say yes. Now, keep in mind, record-wise, they are obviously not. The Raptors are 12-1 and one, uh, at the top. Milwaukee Bucks in second at 10-3. and three. Celtics are all the way down at 6 at 7-6. and six. So, statistically, they are not the best team in the East. But do we believe that they still are? I guess the it's better to ask, are they the favorites still to win? You know East? what? I'm going to change my mind real quick. <laughs> because I'm going to say... Next year, they will be. This year, no. And I think this is actually the year for uh, two other teams, I think, can knock them off. And I'm going to say those two teams are either Toronto or Milwaukee. I mean, they are the top two teams, and I think that's a pretty safe bet. Um you know, you you look at the Celtics. I thought they were going to get off to a slow start. Kyrie coming back, uh, Gordon Hayward. These guys haven't played with each other before. Um, so as I said before, you know, it there's not really, I think, enough of a sample size. Uh, the Celtics as a playoff team, I am still very high on because they've been there. Kyrie's a winner. They went to the... Eastern Conference Finals last year. Tatum's a year older. They are very deep. I think a lot of people don't realize when you look at some of the other teams, I'd say Boston has one of the deeper rosters. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I say next season, because Gordon Hayward coming off that injury, he doesn't look the same. He doesn't. And, and his numbers still, show he, he says he's still hurt, like his ankle's swollen a lot of the times, and he's just not going to be himself, which is what I touched on with KP last time, was... He needs a full season to really get back to normal. And same with Kyrie. Kyrie's coming off an injury too. So they're not going to really gel and feel like a team until, if not later in the season, then next season is when they'll be at 100% and at full strength. So let me ask you, who is the best team in the East then? Who is the favorite to come out of the East if it's not the Boston Celtics? You know, so, you know, you, you know, you just you kind of threw out Toronto and Milwaukee, so it's going to be one of those teams. Or but, is but it the I newly... did say I my original pick of a team that could challenge the the uh, the Celtics in the first episode was the 76ers. and and that's why I'm shocked that you didn't just say that without a doubt. Your clear favorite for the East now is the 76ers because now. They just acquired Jimmy Butler. So how is your two teams you picked before, now one of them gets an all-star in Jimmy Butler, and they're, they're not your clear favorite. I'm, a, I'm all over has Toronto, I told you, I'm having, it, I'm having an off week. I, you know, has Toronto <laughs> and Milwaukee showed you that much? I think, I think, well, yes, because, I mean, I mean, record-wise, already they're the top two, but... I don't see a lot of holes in their games and a hole in the Sixers game could be just that they have a starting five. Their bench isn't as deep as some of these other teams and they don't know they 
they may fall into some issues still being a young team. But when you have a guy, Giannis is just, I know we sing this guy's praises every episode somehow, but they, they look great. And they've been a team that's been building for the last couple years. So the only real change to their team has been adding Brooke Lopez and having a new coach. So these guys have played together. They're, they're gelled already. So I could see them uh, taking that next step. And the same goes for Toronto because they essentially have the same team. They just swapped DeRozan for Kawhi. And I think a better player. So they, uh, I think those two could overtake the Celtics. I'm going to break it down for you. Please. You said a lot of very, you made a lot of good points. And you're right on a lot of them. The Philadelphia 76ers with the acquisition of Jimmy Butler are a better team today than they were before. But Ben Simmons still can't shoot. <laughs> Faults. I don't know what is going on with that shot. That that dude is a crazy good athlete. But that shot, I, I don't know what's going on. I Something, the doctors he, are not telling us. on something. it, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it is one of the strangest things I have ever seen in a player in the NBA. It just, no one like talks about it or what's actually going on, but something is not right there. Um, Jimmy Butler is a great player too. With that kind of team, and you have Joel Embiid, you need to surround yourselves with three-point shooters. Other than J.J. Redick, Philadelphia is not a good three-point shooting team, and that's going to hurt them come playoff time. And like you said, the depth, they traded away some more guys. I think we're going to start seeing guys we've never seen before. And again, regular season-wise, I think they're going to finish with a better record than they would have without Jimmy Butler. But when it comes to playoff time, it's not going to be good for them. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors have been the two big surprising teams. The Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Ooh, I've been, I've been working on I've been this. Working on that. <laughs> this that dude cool. is ever so close to being the best player in the NBA. If he, as he grows, he's he's shooting seven percent from three point land. That's, seven. Seven percent. That's pretty seven. bad. Yeah. Seven. Seven. <laughs> a little friends. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, and Seinfeld. Wow, the number seven. Uh, oh. All right, let's just stay calm here. Don't get all crazy on me. This guy is unbelievable. Here's a stat for you. Bet you didn't know. The Milwaukee Bucks are number one in three-point field goals made this season what do you do when you have a player like Giannis I think I believe that because the Knicks got surround (laughs) yourself with three-point shooters LeBron all his successes in the league the Miami Heat it was him waiting I guess Bosh and what do they do surround with three-point shooters that's my problem with LA right now is that LeBron's team not a lot of good three-point shooters, and it's not working out for them. They've gotten all these, you know, vets and stuff, but they can't shoot. You got to I mean, put the ball I, yeah. in the bucket. Lance Stevenson and... is not who you want to trust kicking exactly. it out to late in the game. So right now, I have been the, the Toronto Raptors when they had DeRozan 
instead of Kawhi were a great regular season team. They finished first last year. So you're adding Kawhi, you're going to think they're going to cruise through the regular season with Serge, Valachunas. They have a very, very good team. And you're bringing a guy who has won. So Kawhi knows how to win. Absolutely. Uh, And and I think Toronto has taken a jump here, and now Boston's not going to walk through the East, just assuming that, you know, Cleveland no longer is in the race because LeBron's gone. Boston has two very good teams, and Philly too, I still think. I think the hype is a little too much still. Um, But Milwaukee and Toronto, they're here. And right now, I am giving the edge to Milwaukee in a seven-game series, head-to-head. I am taking this guy, Giannis. He is so big and long. I saw him do a Euro step from the free throw line, (laughs) and he dunked the ball. He is so long. He plays both ends of the court. He's surrounded by good shooters. That is a recipe uh, for success. And I just, well, again, I still like the Raptors and I like Kawhi. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I could see a series like that going seven games. And I love the swap of DeRozan with Kawhi. But in an up and down league where still you have Serge and Valachunas, I think they're still too big and a lot of other guys that are just role players that aren't good enough. I love Milwaukee picking up Brooke Lopez. Um, I, I don't. I, I just think he's a. <laughs> I just think he's a good player that's always been on pretty bad teams. Um, so when he's on a team where he's like, yeah, but he's the launching fourth like best guy. He's launching like twelve threes a game. Like what? I hey, I don't know. he's he's giving you. I think he's their best three three point shooter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as I said, they're leading the league in three pointers made. So when it comes to the East, I am loving, and Milwaukee was my Eastern Conference Finals pick. Um, so I am sticking with my original episode one pick. I still like Boston versus Milwaukee, assuming they don't play each other before the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I would just love to on. see that second round is going to be Philly, Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston. Oh, I hope so. And. Ooh. Either of those series could go either way. Like that's that's what you look forward to in yeah. uh, in in the playoffs. And I think I still think if it came to Toronto and Milwaukee, I think Kawhi has the edge on Giannis. And I love I love Giannis's game, and everything you said about him is true. But I think they just have a more seasoned team. That if it came down to seven games. And I think it probably would go seven games. Is I think Toronto has the edge. And someone we're not even talking about is Kyle Lowry has kind of changed his game up now, being more of an actual point guard because he doesn't. He's not a great shooter, especially when it comes to the playoffs. He disappears. But now that he's got another guy that can shoot the ball better and plays a different position than. Uh, than DeRozan did, and he's not going to be like Kawhi's not going to be handling the ball a lot, but he the, plays off of everybody else. The backcourt is now more his, and it's not him, and it's not the duo of him and DeRozan kind, kind of back and forth. Everyone has their own role now in Toronto, uh, which I would agree with. And um, it's it's I mean it's crazy to think also like where Toronto is now versus when they first came into the league. I remember when they first came. What was it ninety? Three ninety four, baby ninety four must have been because it's after Jurassic Park. So, they, <laughs> and I remember kids had like you know the lunch boxes and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. but, but they were terrible. You know, Vince was the only insanity man draw there. Air Canada, 
watch that uh that Carter documentary on Netflix. Ooh, baby, good it's, stuff. Uh, what's he got on there? It's, a, it's it. a little bit of Toronto and the history. Vince Carter coming to the NBA, big time, big but, time documentary. Yeah, and now I mean Chris Bosh kind of helped mosey things along after Vince left, but now it's like a basketball city, which is kind of crazy that in hockey town they're loving the NBA. I mean. When you watch those playoff games, it's like ruckus out yeah. there. And you think... Toronto loves Drake. Yo, man. I mean, <laughs> Drizzy's out there just... I don't know what he's ambassador of, but sitting courtside, heckling people. Well, yeah, you know, um, so I think we're in agreement in the sense that Milwaukee and Toronto have really established themselves. Uh, Boston, there are definitely some question marks this early in the season. But, you know, we'll wait and see uh, what happens here. It's it's a good three teams, and I love the Jimmy Butler acquisition because it does make it that much more interesting. So I think we both have our doubts with the Jimmy Butler trade, but uh, I expect them to win a lot more uh, regular season games because Jimmy Butler has been very impressive uh, up to this point. So um, it'll be exciting, and this this kind of brings up another discussion of you know let's let's keep talking East for a second, but has the power shift, is it, is it greater in the East? Is it? I'm still a believer that it's it's moving in the right direction to the East, but it's still those four teams. After those four teams, like you're not going to convince me that the Indiana Pacers are are really that good. Uh, whereas I still think I look at the West from top to bottom, teams one through eight right now are all you know, ahead of those bottom four teams in the East. So for me, I still think the power is definitely still in the West. And uh, I still I mean, think it's going to be a while till, the, till those bad teams start to get good in the East, which... As long as, I mean, as long as the Warriors are who they are, I think you could say the powers are there. But I think that the power is starting to trend up in the East. And yes, we have those four teams, but I'm looking at it in the sense that look at Jimmy Butler coming back to uh, to Philly. I think teams are starting to players are starting to see now they have a better shot in the East, so they're all going to start migrating over to the East now. And that's what you know. I know you say it's not going to happen, but say Kevin Durant wants to come. We don't say he's coming to the Knicks, but he comes to an Eastern Conference team. It's not going to happen. That's they see LeBron's gone now. You have that pathway to the final who, is a lot clearer. So but who's going to be that Eastern Conference team? Is the question. He's going to go to Indiana. He's going to go to Charlotte. Maybe he's going to go to Detroit. Maybe he's going to go to Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> he's going to go to New York. Right. I'm just maybe he does. And then that you have four and nine Chicago team, the Atlanta Hawks team up with Trey Young. I, I'm not buying it. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I just think. I mean, you. Looking at the guys who are free agents now, Anthony Davis, where could he end up? You know, it's these guys. I think they, I think they're seeing that there's an opportunity to be had in the East, and you're going to start to see some of these guys start to come, and things will fizzle a little bit in the West. And it's like, God, we if 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 Golden State stays as dominant as they are, teams are just going to be like, well, we like, what are we going to do? And guys don't want to go up against it. That's the kind of soft league we're in now. They're going to come back. And they're going to come to the East and spread themselves around those teams. You know, and guys are going to want to play with Giannis. 
Guys are going to want to play with KP, you know, and guys are going to want to play with Embiid and Simmons. So it's not crazy to think that some marquee guys can end up in the East and that's where that power shift is going to start to come. They're going to start. There's a lot of good guys. Well, I I know this is what you want to happen, (laughs) but I'm sorry. We got to look at, at what's really happening though. Kawhi Leonard was forced into Toronto. He didn't want it. Jimmy Butler was traded to the Sixers. You look at the Western Conference. Look look at these teams. The Utah Jazz, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Houston Rockets. They are all not in the top eight right now in the Western Conference. Then you got teams like the Dallas Mavericks, the Minnesota Timberwolves, Timberwolves, the Phoenix Suns. Guys with a lot of young talent coming up in the league. Those three teams are the bottom three in the Western Conference. Look at the bottom three in the East. Cleveland, Atlanta, the Wizards. That's just the three. Then you got the Knicks, the Bulls. We just got wrecked by the Magic. Who do the Ma- who is even on the Orlando Magic? I don't is Hito Turkoglu still on the Magic? I I just I <laughs> don't know. Still ordering Domino's before the game? It's just um you know the Pistons, I, I I live in Detroit right now and you hear all these Pistons fans. They are so fed up with Andre Drummond. Uh, he's he's no good, and yet the Pistons are six and six and seventh in the East. Again, I think the East. When you have Blake. Is very. I don't know what he's capable <laughs> yeah. of anymore, but he dropped fifty, so you know he's got the something East in the tank. Is very top heavy at the moment, and I think between Toronto, Milwaukee, Philly, and Boston, if they were in the West, I got to tell you, I think possibly two of those teams would not even be in the top eight. If they were but you could say the same about the West last year was very top-heavy. After Houston and Golden State, it was a pretty decent drop-off to everybody else. Oh, like, you knew that no one else was going to beat those two teams. And that's just right, who those, you're dealing with. Those were, that's how good those teams are. But you still had the Utah Jazz, the Pelicans, um, you know, still even the Spurs uh, were a good team. And Oklahoma City is... You're telling... You're, not telling me Westbrook and Paul George, if they were in the East, would have a better record than seven and five and would be, you know, towards the top of the East right now. Actually, at seven and five, they would be uh, in the top half of the East right now. So, you know, I, the East, the days are getting brighter. I will give you that. It is getting better and better for the East because the East has just been so bad for so long. And if, you know, LeBron actually kind of left at a pretty good time because. I think if LeBron was still with the Cavs, getting through the Bucks, Raptors, and Celtics would not be as easy this year, especially with that Cavs team, the way they're constructed right now. So I think that's something we can agree on. Who, baby. All this East talk. Let's 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 move it over a little to the West now. Um, you know, as we said, the the Warriors are still clearly uh the favorite here. Um but is there anyone threatening to the Warriors uh, through the beginning of the season? Have you seen a team that is really going to challenge them? Um, and if not in the West, when they get to the finals, is there someone in the East that can challenge them? I think, see, I don't think anyone in the West can. I think if they're going to get beaten, it's going to come from the East. One of those one of those teams we talked about, I think, could, is going to beat them in a seven game series. That's that's the only way I see them losing is 
they don't have they don't have a lot of size and Cousins coming in, we don't know what he's going to be when he comes back. That's really their only center. Like they got a lot of young guys they're trying to work in there to hold down the fort. But if they have to go up against, you know, a Giannis or uh Kawhi and Serge, you know, like I don't know that they I don't know that they could do it in in uh in 7 games. So I uh, I'm going to agree with you there. I look at I look at the West and I just I don't see a team that matches up against them that can take them down. You know, I I had picked the Lakers to play the Golden State Warriors in the Western Finals. Ha. And I, and, <laughs> and I still I I hope that the Lakers are going to make some more moves before uh the trade deadline and we You know that team's going to be different come yeah, and, and I think they need to be. You know, we talked a little about before where you got to surround LeBron with people who can shoot. That's what LeBron does. He gets people open, and that's what you're seeing in Milwaukee right now. Giannis, you got to watch him with the ball, and he can kick it out, and that's why they're leading the league in three points made. And as you said, are they even? Do they have that many great three point shooters? Well, when you're wide open, you're open anyone can right. hit a three. So if you're a professional basketball player, you're, if you're standing there wide open, you got exactly. You <laughs> so you know Portland right now is right behind them at number two, and I think it's going to be the same thing with Portland. You know, it's good regular season team. When they get to the playoffs, I really don't think they're they're built for that. They'll have an exciting um, game or two, and, but yeah, they're not going to win a series. The way you beat Golden State, if you even want a chance, is you beat them with your length and you beat them inside and you still have to be able to compete with them and shoot the three ball, but you got to take it to the rack with golden state. Cause that is their weakness. And I, I, I hate to uh, agree with you again. We've, we've kind of got a little back and forth here today, but Milwaukee and Toronto with Giannis and Milwaukee, that size and Toronto, I almost think Toronto is too big where they're not going to be able to get Valachunas and Abaka. They're not going to be able to keep up with Durant and Draymond. Uh, Boogie, I, I, don't, I don't know how much of a role. That, I mean, his defense is not – he's not really been known for his defense. So I, And you got to look at also that maybe Golden State is fragile in – I mean, really the only way you can hope to beat him is if one of them gets injured. But Draymond isn't – the last couple of seasons, he's he's been a little – been a little fragile he's going in and out little knickknack injuries i'm sure if he like had to play in the finals game he would but he's been sitting out steph's hurt again it's just the same guy has yeah. always suffered some injuries but they just have so many uh, like if one goes down there's always someone else to pick up the slack and you know they're getting older they're all over 30 now and as they say father time is undefeated yeah, and, and injuries always – I mean, we're obviously talking about this assuming that everyone is healthy. But with Golden State, right, even if a guy like Clay Thompson goes down, when they – when typically you've seen when Golden State is missing even just one of their pieces, it can be an issue, and that can be the difference maker. So, you know, assuming they're healthy, I think we still, still think Golden State is, um, you know, the team to be – the East is getting much more exciting. Um you know, the NBA, it's, it's been fun to watch, really. I, 
it's been a long time since the Knicks were even competitive. And I, I just, I hope when KP comes back, he can be, he is like the LeBron or the Giannis to his team. You know, he, that's what the Knicks need. And we'll never know how good or bad they're going to be until we have our best player. And they've been showing a lot of KP, a lot of KP talk lately. So you've been seeing some of the clips of what he did last year before he got hurt. And there are a lot of wow plays that only a seven foot plus guy who plays like a two guard can do. I mean, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. So, okay. So, all right. We've had a little bit of back and forth today. We've kind of gone over, you know, I think just a lot of moves in the NBA, a little mellow talk, a little who's, who's leader of the pack. Uh, you know, it's, it's been an exciting first quarter almost of the year. Still, we're still even earlier than that, which is great. Uh, and the Knicks, um, this is let's talk Knicks. So just another shout out to them. You know, it's, uh, we're going to keep it going. We'll, we'll keep watching. Uh, it could be, it could be tough at times. We'll, we'll stay up to date on the KP news and hopefully we hear something soon. We're getting a little more info, but it's really, uh, it's really a lot of nothing. If you ask me, we, we really, we still know nothing. Uh, but we're going to switch gears a little bit here. And last episode I went to the movies and then got me and Marcus talking about, he just asked me a simple question the other day and was like, what's your favorite basketball movie? And I just kind of went silent and then we kind of looked at each other like, wow, this is like, we had to go home and do some like research. It's a heavy question. You know? <laughs> it is a really, really heavy question. And then it was, you know, okay, let's give our top 10. It was like top 10. Okay. Uh, maybe top five, top three. So I narrowed it down to a top three and it was really hard, man, because there's so many different criteria versus like what genre of basketball movie there's kind of like kids and there's comedy there's some some romance a little uh well what's the movie uh love and basketball great movie um did not make it to my top three but i've done a lot of thinking and i'll kick it off here i'm a little embarrassed to admit this but i'm a big comedy guy and there are a lot of comedy basketball movies and all of them really kind of fell into my top three and believe it or not, my number three is Eddie. <laughs> and it's such a Knicks thing to say. And I know all you Knicks fans have seen it more than once. Don't lie. You've seen it multiple times. You know you have. Eddie Franklin, Wild Bill, it's just Stacy Patton, Yvonne Make Basket. And Patton, <laughs> pass the ball. What are you, the black hole of basketball? Come on! It's just a good, fun movie. Is it a little stupid? Yeah. But it's every Knicks fan's dream to be the coach of the Knicks. And it's, it's as dysfunctional as you would think. <laughs> it's, you know, Anthony Mason's mom has to come down to the court. Or uh, I think it was actually Gary Payton's mom in the movie uh, came down and yelled at. Uh, or no, was it? It was Stacey Patton's mom. Stacey Patton. Gary Payton. Right. The glove. Gary Payton was in the movie with Anthony Mason where they played streetball. Uh, but that's my my number three kicking it off. Um, was Eddie in your, your top three? I did not have Eddie in my top three. <laughs> okay. So I'm glad I put it there then. Cause I, I didn't think, I knew were. you were going to, I knew you were going to have it though. It was like, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. I didn't know where it was going to fall, of but course. I knew you were going to have it there. My, uh, should I give you my number three? I'm, I'm still, I'm still battling here. 
right. Well, well, I will. So I put myself on mute there for a second. Oh, there we go. That was weird. I was trying to talk in the mic. Uh, well, I'll go. My, my number two, kind of a, another comedy, Celtic Pride. And I'm a Nick fan, and now, you know, this is the, kind of a. I wouldn't call this a Celtics movie, but you got Dan Aykroyd. You got Marv from Home Alone. <laughs> What's not to like? It's just such a classic. I've always been a big SNL fan, so, you know. Uh, Dan Aykroyd in there and I had to get a movie with a Wayne's brother in there too uh, a runner up sixth man Marlon Wayne's I love you but Damon takes the cake here with just a better it's a better movie um, sixth man I was close but I give it an honorable man, mention yeah. yeah it gets me an honorable mention I don't think six man's like it's not really a good movie I mean I haven't watched it a all the way but Celtic Pride you have a firm Number two, that is just a good, good movie. So you can see from a number three to my number two, we have uh, gotten way better. I'm sure a lot of the people shaking their head at my first pick um, are, are showing me a little bit more respect on the second pick. So have you have okay. you have you decided? <laughs> I think I decided on my number. I'll give you my my three and my two. Okay. At number three, I'm gonna put above the rim. It's a fantastic movie. So we get you get your Wayne's brother in there. Marlon has a has a, a cameo. Not really a cameo. He's in the movie. And What's he? I don't even remember that. Yeah, he's uh, well. I won't spoil it if no one's ever seen it. I think I think a, it's safe to uh, to to spoil. He plays a pivotal role at the end where he kills the main character. But the uh, you got Tupac, you got Bernie, you got Bernie Mac, you got Darius from Cool Runnings is in there. Uh, and I, I don't know. I remember watching this movie once. I was, it was just, I didn't see it in theaters or anything. It was on maybe like 10 years ago. I was watching it. I was like, man, this is a, this is an intense, it's a heavy movie. You know, you got, you got Pac out there just thug lifing around with his crazy brother. There's no love lost between them. And, you know, I was like. It's a drama, I, man. It's it is. A, it's, it's a not, heavy yeah, drama. Not comedy. It's an intense yeah. movie. And it, and those movies funny. didn't make make my list, but in the drama category, I mean, it is up there. It's I a, still think great. about it when uh when I'm at when I'm uh shooting hoops, and make sure your fingers are spread on the ball. Spread <laughs> your fingers and release. You learn in these movies. You learn. You learn something. Yeah, you learn some things. That's what I want. I want to um, make sure. I want to make my game better after watching these movies. You know. Yeah, Eddie. I. I in fact, did not learn anything, but, uh, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? I'll give, I'll give another honorable mention. Uh, oh, wait, wait, hold on. What's your number two? Are you giving honorable gonna... mentions? All right. Okay. What's, what's, what's number two? Number two. I think it's close. It's close. <laughs> what do you got? Coach Carter has to be on there for me. Ooh, Samuel and L. You may have thought I was going to put that number one, but I, I, I changed my no, mind. No, I, I like Coach Carter, and I know how much you like Coach Carter, but Love I it. was pretty confident that you were going to come in with not putting it number one. I, I like Coach Carter, too. It's a good movie, but I, I would have not respected the Coach Carter number one. I don't know what your number one is, actually, but I know it's going to be a good one. I, I had faith in you. I and see, um, I just love that good movie. movie I, by the way, I used very, to watch that movie good. just to get pumped. Like before a quarter started down at the circus, throw a little Coach Carter to get motivated, 
Just be yelling at these people. Just... Get old hoop stars. Signing autographs and humping the hunters. It's a very Samuel L. Jackson classic. Just him constantly yelling <laughs> for the whole movie. Yeah, but that, uh, that's what those kids needed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Oh man. Um Wow, so you're okay, so you're you're not in the comedy realm really at all. We have I like this though cuz we I don't remember I, I know you what, told me I don't remember what your I didn't remember what your top 3 was. I know I remember that one that Eddie was on there, but Yeah, so sticking to the comedy theme and uh I'll say this maybe has a little bit more seriousness, but my all-time favorite basketball movie hands down is white men can't jump. Oh, it's hard goddamn work being this good. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Oh, oh, rabbit ears, am I starting to get to you? No, Sidney, you aren't getting to me. You're just making my eardrums hurt. A little Wesley Snipes, Woody oh. Harrelson, and the wonderful Rosie Perez. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite scenes in that movie is when she goes on Jeopardy. <laughs> it's just, it's. I'm a big game show fan. Foods that start um, with the letter Q. Yeah. <laughs> what is a quint? Um, <laughs> so we got, it's just, it's such everything about it. The, the street ball, the gambling, the, I mean, Woody and Wesley, the dynamic there, um, you know, it's just a fun, fun movie. I, I can watch it anytime it's on. You know, you flip into the channels. Oh, FX. Oh, what's that? Oh, white man can't jump. I'm, I'm watching it through. It's just, uh, it's really great. And, and a matter of fact, I, after this podcast is done, I think I might, uh, throw it on has, and give has, it a watch. Has, has Rogue it's, seen it? It's been a while. Um, no, I don't think, I, I doubt she has. Yeah, um, put her on but her. you know, an hour and 55 minutes of, of just good entertainment. Um, a little comedy, a little drama. It's got just a little bit of everything. Um, not just basketball movies, that movie clearly no question for me at the top of my list. You know, and this is where we're coming in on the same one. I put White Men Can Jump. Really? Wow. Uh, Coach Carter We for did me. not plan that, for the record. We did I not. have my list in front of me. You can see it. Like, it just, I, I moved it up. I had it on. Uh, oh, that was going to be the one. I wasn't sure if you were going to put it. And I thought of it like three, four days ago. I was like, I lo- man, I love that movie. And it's an awesome movie. It really just, is. That's just the, even that first scene when he comes to when he's at in Venice Beach. How's that wind flowing? A little to the east, <laughs> a little to the west. And I've been on those courts, shot around out there. And I uh, every time I'm in, I was in Venice and saw the basketball courts over there. I was like, man, white men can't jump, you know? Oh, it's so good. It's just so good. And I, I love that. That's our favorite movie. Um, if, if I, I do want to give just. Only a couple honorable mentions. Uh, I really love the air up there with Kevin Bacon. I was thinking <laughs> to put that one in there. I referenced it, it the other day. It. Um, Jimmy Dolan, Shake talk, and Bake. Yeah, we talked Six Man. Blue Chips was, I'm sure, one that was almost on your list. We've talked about that. Um, Finding Forrester, another great movie. He Oof. Got Game was great. This was a really tough. It's tough. There's a lot of good um, basketball movies. You know? I do want to give one hater award to one movie <laughs> that... I don't understand why people like it. And that is Hoosiers. People. Hoosiers is not a good movie. It's just not good. Gene Hackman coaching this 
team out in Indiana? Like, if you could ever draw up a more boring movie about <laughs> basketball, like, you couldn't. Um, it is so – I'd rather watch Rebound five times Ooh. in a row with Martin Lawrence. I will watch Martin Lawrence um, coach middle school me... basketball every day. <laughs> Over I will watch Joanna Man <laughs> three times in a row before I have to watch Hoosiers again. No, I haven't seen the Kevin Durant movie, uh, Thunderstruck. I don't think I'd want to watch that. But Like Mike, a little uh, Bow Wow? Oh, yeah, Like Mike. Good movie. Um, you know, I've actually never seen Hoosiers. Oh, I, man, don't There was nothing that it. made me want to see it. Yeah, so, it's, it's real bad. Um, well, whew. All right, that was uh, that was tough. That was some of the the toughest uh, things to do to come up with for this podcast. To really, I probably spent more time on which movies um, <laughs> I was going to pick today than anything else. But uh, all right, it, not a lot of Knicks talk today. It was kind of good to just. I, I needed a break. Uh, <laughs> it's it's been a rough couple weeks, and it's kind of been tough to watch. Um, I like watching these young guys, and I have a lot of. Um, I'm excited. Uh, for you know the years to come, we talked about patience, but it was nice to take a break. Just talk talk movies, and uh, I know you had said to check out what was that 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 basketball thing you were watching. You told me to check out uh, uh, basketball a love story. Basketball a love story. Um, I think I'm gonna have to check that out. That sounds really good. Is it? Are you giving that the the chinqui recommend? Is that like official? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of things to watch. It's sixty different. Uh, oh, mini episodes there. They're like 10 to 15 okay. minutes each and they all kind of intertwine. So I would say go on ESPN 3. Check it out. They're all there. All right. ESPN 3. Okay. Well, I guess I got I got things to do. You got, I got to get out of here. I got I to gotta start, start watching. And, uh, but maybe I want to throw in a little uh, white, white Men Can't Jump. Uh, no, I want to watch White Yeah. Before I do that. All right, man. It's been real. Let's um, let's do this again. We'll uh, we'll talk next week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, normally we talk about the the Knicks upcoming games. Whatever. We're taking a break from the Knicks this episode. Let's. This has just been a, an episode of Let's Talk. Forget forget the Knicks for for this week. We're we're taking a break, but uh, we'll <laughs> we'll talk to you next time here on Let's Talk Knicks. <laughs> It's pretty. It's so pretty. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. We go with Sizzler. Pretty.